to Breaking the Barrier, a Western lifestyle podcast highlighting those breaking barriers both in and out of the arena. Today, I'm joined by Morgan Wallace, a woman truly putting the Western industry in the forefront of many audiences. Morgan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So, Morgan, you are the Senior Manager of Social Media with the PBR, as well as the Social Media Director for Miss Rodeo America. But before you got to those roles, you have an extensive background in agriculture and the Western world. What really led up to where you are now? Yeah, so I grew up around rodeo through my dad. He owns his own sports marketing business specifically for the Western lifestyle and and rodeo specifically. And so I always grew up going to rodeos and really understanding more of the business side of things. He was a consultant for the PRCA for many years. So I got to see the kind of the ins and outs of the PRCA. And it really, truly got my interest peaked when I was younger and I didn't really ride horses when I was young. And so ended up getting into riding horses and then into the rodeo queen industry and took that for about five years, all the way through Miss Rodeo Wyoming into competing for Miss Rodeo America. Awesome. So you're a graduate of the University of Wyoming. And as I understand, you're continuing your education now at Tarleton State. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So I'll graduate in two weeks. I'm very excited. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, the final push here. I have to get some things done in order to graduate, but I'm really excited. I'm getting my master's in business administration and I got my undergraduate in communication. So it's kind of given me a good, well-rounded scope on business. Absolutely. So you mentioned briefly that you served as Miss Rodeo Wyoming, which which is initially how we got connected. So uh, tell a little bit about that experience and how that has impacted the course of your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I started rodeo queening when I was in high school. I held several local titles and then ended up moving to Wyoming for college and realized that I wanted to continue being a rodeo queen, but I already had residency in the state of Wyoming. So I knew that if I wanted to do that, I needed to continue doing it in Wyoming and not in Colorado where I grew up. And so I got a local title there in Laramie and it was required of you to run for Miss Rodeo Wyoming after you completed that title. And I was really excited to do that because it was always a dream of mine to be a state rodeo queen. And so in 2017, I ran for Miss Rodeo Wyoming at the Wyoming State Fair and ended up winning on my first try. And I was really excited because, you know, that doesn't always happen to girls. And so it kind of was a reflection of how hard I had worked to get there. Uh, I would always joke with people, I not a day went by where I didn't prepare to be Miss Rodeo Wyoming. And that type of hard work and goal setting and that characteristic really carries me through the rest of my life. I always say that I would not be in the job that I'm in now if I wasn't a rodeo queen. It gave me the opportunity to meet people, create contacts in the industry. And even though I didn't have a really good relationship with the people over at the PBR, Matt West, who is our official in arena announcer, I met him in Vegas right before I was getting ready to apply for this job. And I talked to him a little bit about me being Miss Radio Wyoming, just coming off of the Miss Radio America pageant, looking for a job. And he said, you should really look at the PBR. And he gave me some uh, really good insight. And so I know that if I wasn't Miss Radio Wyoming and I hadn't put myself in those situations, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, 
That's awesome. You definitely laid the foundation and set yourself up for success in, in any route that you chose. So that's, that's a really cool story. And I hadn't even graduated from college yet when I had gotten this job at the PPR. And, you know, it, one of the requirements was the fact that you had to have a college degree. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> That's amazing. I, I kind of went in there. I was like, well, you know, I took two years off of school to be Miss Radio Wyoming. And like, let me tell you why that was a good idea. And later on, they told me that what I was able to tell them, you know, the experience that I had had as Miss Radio Wyoming kind of helped me get the job, even though I didn't have that degree. So yeah. it paid off in the long run. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> So what was that transition like from being a rodeo queen, obviously doing a lot of promotional things? Um, and that's kind of your role now is uh, doing kind of the same, not the same thing, but a lot of those skills are transferable, obviously. What was that transition like into your role initially? And has that changed at all what that looks like today? Yeah, so initially I was actually hired to do digital sponsorship. And that was really interesting for me because as a rodeo queen, you know, you have sponsors that you're required to do things for. And so I felt like I had a pretty good understanding of how to bring benefit to a partner and specifically in like that digital spectrum. Cause I had done that as Miss Rodeo Wyoming throughout my whole year, I had several sponsors that I was required to, you know, bring value to specifically on social media. So I thought that was something that I'd be able to do. And throughout COVID and throughout some changes, I ended up kind of being put into this role of being in charge of the social media for the PBR. And when you think about it, you know, you're programming an entire sports organization. And I didn't have necessarily the background to do so, but I always joke that like, no one really has the background to do social media. It's always ever changing. And people always ask me, how can I get into social media or what do I need to know or what can I study? And realistically, you just have to get in there and, and do it because it's always changing. And specifically in an industry that you're in, it's going to be specific to what you're doing. The PBR does things differently than, you know, maybe the PRCA does. And so, you know, I had always been invested in the PRCA as a rodeo queen. That's the industry, that's the organization you learn about. I kind of had an outsider's perspective on the PBR. I, I knew they were there. I knew what they did. I knew that they were like this global phenomenon, you know, taking bull riding to different countries and in front of people that would never see bull riding before, but I didn't really know it intimately. And so that was a hard transition coming over from the more of the PRCA side to learning a whole new group of guys, really a whole new group of athletes, the way that they do things, the way that they run competition is, is a little bit different, but I really enjoyed that. And it was fun to kind of parlay my experience with rodeo into the PBR, because, you know, I would say 80% of the people that work for the PBR do not come from a rodeo background. So the people that are pretty successful in the PBR come from, you know, a, a sports background. They worked for a professional sports organization and they come over. So there's just a very select group of us that come from really a Western sports background that are able to bring that to the group. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, you take a look at bull riding and it comes off as a very outwardly Western sport. But at the end of the day, you mentioned in a previous conversation that the primary audience, at least for PBR social media, is not necessarily people in the rodeo and agriculture world. 
Talk about that and what other surprising things did you find as you started to examine the audience that you were creating content for? Yeah, so you're right. The way that we program social is not generally for the heart of America. You know, the people that are going to understand the sport already is generally trying to educate people that are polarized on each of the coasts. So if you look at our data, most of our people come from California or New York. And that's one thing about the PBR that's so special is they take these, you take bull riding and the heart of what bull riding is, they kind of take it, turn it into a rock concert and they put it into, they put it into places that you would never think to have bull riding. Madison Square Garden, they bucked bulls on the beaches of California. They did it in Times Square. Like they take these things, you know, we bucked on a aircraft carrier and like just things that you wouldn't expect is exactly what the PBR is trying to do. And with the deal that we have with CBS Sports, we're able to put, you know, bull riding onto national television. And we also are able to, you know, bring Women's Rodeo World Championship and Bill Pickett Rodeo and all of these other entities that we've kind of formed. And, you know, now with our deal with Pluto, it's free, you know, wherever you are on your phone, on your computer, whatever you, wherever you are, you can watch bull riding. And so I think they've taken this sport and put it in the homes of more people than ever before. And so when I'm programming content and creating content, it's less like we say, we say insider baseball, the people don't understand, you know, the right or left hand delivery or what made that a good bull or why that was a re-ride. They like good wrecks. They like awesome rides. <laughs> they like personality from guys. Like that's just kind of the, the unfortunately the way that it is. And so you, we try to educate as much as we can, but at the end of the day, it's more about people buying the cowboy hat, coming to the event and wanting to live the lifestyle more so than understanding the sport itself. Absolutely. So something I think is, is really interesting in terms of professional rodeo athletes across the board is there's kind of this increased focus on really refining that social media presence. Um, and some are, are doing better at it than others, you know, just as they figure things out. But as you look at the top guys in the PBR, at least, they all seem to have high quality content and consistent feeds. And I can't help but assume that that is due in large part to the work that you do um, in getting those, getting them the professional videos to post personally. How does that work? Yeah. So unfortunately, unlike the PRCA or regular rodeo athletes, every single one of our athletes is required to have an agent. So they have to work directly with someone that they are essentially paying just as like a celebrity would have an agent. And we on the league side of things provide them content to post. So all of their ride highlights, every time they show up on CVS, uh, photos, uh, anything that we can really provide for them is we're, we're creating graphics specifically for them. We send that to them in a program called Socially. So it's gotten to the point where it's the moment they step off the bull and it's tagged with their name, they get a text message with the video. So it's, oh, wow. it's quick and it's it's awesome because uh, for the longest time I was doing that all by hand. I would go through and- Oh my gosh. Oh gosh, it was awful. And, yeah, and, you know, we have the the- Unleash the Beast Tour, but we also have the Pendleton Whiskey Velocity Tour. So you can imagine it's uh, a lot of guys every weekend who need their video or want to see it. 
they use it for film purposes. So, you know, even if they buck off, they want to watch it, but they will post it. And so I see that a lot of the guys who have really good social are the ones who do have a good relationship with their agent and they're actively promoting themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but also guys that understand that bull riding isn't forever and they need a, you know, if they're going to create a personality and character for themselves, they need to have good social media. So more so the past couple of years, I think they've started to see that like through COVID, if they weren't having a good presence on social, you know, their sponsors were like, well, you're not, you're not riding, you're not doing that. You don't have any value in you. Um, Ezekiel Mitchell is perfect example of this. Like he might not have the best season, but you always know who he is and he's always on social and he's always getting selected for these unique opportunities. He has his own Snapchat series that just won a Webby award. Like he is a really good example of what a guy should do, knowing that you can't ride a bull for the rest of your life. Like you have to have other options. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So you produce a lot of content. I mean, the, the PBR Instagram alone has 1.6 million followers. Um, what kind of things do you have to be cognizant of when you are shipping things out and cranking content out for such a wide array and sheer number of people? Yeah. So we crank out eight to 10 pieces of content, uh, platform wide every single day. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we also have a TikTok. We're pretty proud of our TikTok. We kind of took it from ground zero and now we have a million followers on it's TikTok. What all the kids are doing these days. It's, it's, we're proud of it. Uh, it's not yeah. really my forte. I'm lucky to have someone on my team that's very good at following the trends and doing that sort of thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. You know, I wake up every day. We have a lot of, so we have buckets that things fit in. So we have, you know, sponsored content that we know that we have to get out because we're providing that value for the sponsors. And then we have our internal initiatives. Like right now we're getting ready to go into world finals in less than two weeks. So we're still pushing those last minute ticket sales, pushing people to be able to watch the season. Now that the PBR has changed drastically over the course of this last year, we split our season into half. You know, we used to have our world finals in November. Now it's in May. And we'll kind of have half of the season as an individual sport and half the season as a team sport. And so all of these types of things that I have to produce content to educate people about where they can watch this weekend, we're in Billings, you know, what's going to happen in Billings, what happened off of Nampa the, where we were last weekend. And so I just kind of wake up and put things in boxes and put things in buckets and more so over the course of the past year, our social media has become more of a marketing tool for us than really like a content tool. And that's just more like an internal decision that our leadership team has made, um, wanting to use our social to promote our KPIs, right? We want to sell tickets off of social. We want to do these types of things. Whereas in the past, our social had been more so very content based. And so... Mm -hmm. I see in the next year or so, we might try to kind of come up with a balance between being this marketing machine and also creating <laughs> content that is, you know, bringing in a lot of significant value to our consumer, right? You want to get on your social media and you want to consume good content. You want to scroll through, you want to laugh, you want to, you know, cringe at a wreck or that type of thing. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of, kind of my daily go-to. Yeah. <laughs> 
eight to ten pieces of content is a lot to crank out. It um, it, do you? I mean, you were just saying how streamlined the process is. Uh, obviously, if the athletes are getting their videos that quickly, how do you balance scheduling things out, but also doing things timely and quickly as they're happening? That that was that seems like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. So all of last year uh, for a while, I was the only one that was programming social media for the PBR. So that was, <laughs> oh my word, a you're wide, a rock star. We have a wide digital portfolio. We have, you know, the Velocity Tour, the Unleash the Beast, the main channel. We've got yeah. Ride Pass. Uh, we've got all of our new team channels that we just introduced. That's eight different teams that we have. We have, you know, we help with Women's Rodeo World Championship. All of these things that we are, we have all of our international channels, Brazil, Canada, Australia. Uh, so all of these channels all have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pretty much. So you can imagine um, I was wanting to pull my hair out a little bit. Since then, <laughs> we have... We have grown our team, so it's been a lot nicer, but we still, it is, it is a lot to maintain. And for a while I was able to um, program and schedule things out about a day in advance. Now with everything that I've taken on in this new role, more of like a strategic type of planning role, I pretty much schedule, I get up that morning and I schedule out the day. And um, as far as, you know, pushing out live content, we have found that when our shows are airing at night on the weekends, content, live content isn't always going to perform the best. So a lot of times we'll end up holding some of that content over to then be posted during the week. So it just kind of depends on what strategy we're, we're going with in that season. Our strategies change quite often. So that basically changes how I'm able to accomplish my job. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you obviously um, have lots to do on that end, but you also manage the socials for Miss Rodeo America. How did that role come to be? And how was your approach different or the same, I guess, um, on those channels? Yeah, so I contacted the Missouri America organization a little over a year, I guess a year and a half ago, and I made a big pitch to them. I said, you know, I want to come work for you. I have always wanted to work for Missouri America in a more of a marketing role. Uh, for those of you that don't know, they have four paid employees, uh, and the rest of it is completely volunteer. So I was basically pitching them to create this position and hire me as you know a marketing person and specifically within the digital realm and they came back to me and said you know we don't have you know we we're just going through covid they're like we you know we had a hard yep. year we skipped the pageant we don't think that we can do it right now thank you for you know coming to us we'll keep you in mind and i was kind of devastated because i was like this is really what i truly want to do and so i i waited a little bit and i said you know if this is what you want to do you should do it and just do it for free so I came back to them and was like, I will do all of these things that I pitched to you. This is what I want to do. And I'll do it as a volunteer. So I became a Miss Radio America volunteer and started doing this for them. And 
started to get a pretty good return on what we were doing. And I think they started to see the value of it. And then they kind of added me on as a paid employee. So it was always, it. I had to go out and work for it. It wasn't something that was just handed to me. I had to actually, I went and sold myself. I was told no. And then I was like, you know, I'll do it for free. And if that's what I think, like for a lot of people, they're so worried, particularly when you're younger, they think that you should be paid a significant amount of money for what you're able to do. Well, that's not always the case. Some of the best, most, you know, experienced people out there did a lot of work for free before their value was recognized. And so that's kind of what I've been able to do with Miss Radio America. I take the programming for each one very differently. So Miss Radio America has a significant amount of sponsored stuff that they have to get out. That's particularly what the page is about to provide content for the sponsors. And then it's just generally based on each girl. Each girl puts into social what she wants to. Um, we have the you know, minimum requirements of what you need to do. But on top of that, it's kind of projecting what your platform is. So with Jordan, she was very you know, into promoting her ranching lifestyle as well as you know, her history of her dad and how you know, rich in rodeo that family is. And so we did a lot of stuff with that. Haley is more into like the agricultural awareness and promoting that type of stuff. So it's just kind of learning the girl, finding how to you know, fit them into what we're doing and more so being a guide rather than just coming in and doing everything. Yeah. And I, I would say as a local title holder and just watching things kind of transpire online, I think that the way Miss Rodeo America runs their and her social media has kind of a trickle down effect to the state title holders and local title holders who are all sort of trying to emulate this. So not only are you elevating the sponsors and the game at the national level, but I, I would venture to say that it's also helping, you know, helping girls at the local level too, which I'm sure is rewarding for you to watch um, since you've been through those ranks. It is. Yeah. More so than ever. I've wanted to really elevate all of the state organizations on the Miss Radio America platform. So last year we did a lot of content that was highlighting each of the girls, whether that was through an interview or we did a, a series on each of the crowns and the history behind the crowns and why they are the way that they are. Uh, and you know them sharing their platform videos, what was important to them and what they were trying to accomplish throughout their year. And realizing that the Miss Radio America social media isn't just about Miss Radio America. Of course, she's the forefront. But at the end of the day, it's about promoting the entire rodeo queen industry. So, you know, highlighting the state title holders, highlighting local title holders and what they're doing and the travels, because at the end of the day, one of those local girls is going to come up and be Miss Rodeo America someday. And so it's more so about keeping the rodeo queen industry alive because we all can see it. The writing is on the wall, mm -hmm. like it is dying. And one of the you know, one of the ways that I feel like I can help is by creating this digital footprint for everyone that mm -hmm. can continue to elevate the industry so it can stay alive. That's awesome. So I, I think you kind of touched on this a little bit um, just now, but your roles, both of them are in a storytelling capacity. Yes, there's the strategic element, but there's also this kind of creative element. 
what parts are the most rewarding for you um, in your day to day? And big picture, why did you choose to, you know, focus on social media? I think that this was like kind of put in my lap. It was definitely God telling me what he wanted me to do, to be completely honest, because I was planning on, you know, I was going to go to school to be a lawyer. I was going to do politics. <laughs> I was going to, you know, I was, I had a different plan for my life. And even when I started working for the PBR, I had a different plan. I thought I was just going to stick in the whole sponsorship realm. And every single day, something would push me over to this direction. And I finally just said, all right, I guess if this is what I'm supposed to do, then I'm going to do it. And so I think for me, it was probably a, a God thing telling me, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. But it gets me because you know, every show we play the commercial the be cowboy commercial which is a an old uh super bowl commercial that we used to we paid for and ran and it is one of the uh, the best commercials ever it makes me cry every single time i see it i see it three times a week and i'm still gonna cry oh. <laughs> it just gives me so much pride in the industry and it really the cow the commercial talks about like, you don't have to wear the boots and the hat to be a cowboy. You know, we are all cowboys. And it's because of what the what's inside that makes you a cowboy. And so I try to think about that every single day when I'm thinking about social media, it's about taking this mentality of like guys cheering each other on on the back of the shoots when they know that they're in direct competition with each other, what that means and projecting that to people who have absolutely no idea. And so through PBR and Miss Radio America, because Miss Radio America is a, is one of the most grassroots marketing for rodeo that they have. And together with, with both of my roles, I suppose that I'm able to kind of just share this story of like, rodeo is more than just a sport, right? It's just, it's this celebration of a lifestyle and who these people are. And at the end of the day, we stand for the national anthem. We kneel to pray. We are the type of people that are the backbone of this country. And to be able to tell those stories is really rewarding. Yeah, that's awesome. So PBR aside, Miss Rodeo America aside, as you look at the Western industry broadly, what are some things that you would like to see happen in the next five to 10 years that, that you think would propel it forward? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think this show Yellowstone has done more for this industry in the last couple of years <laughs> than we could have at any point. And I feel very strongly about that. I know a lot of yeah. people think that, you know, it really isn't, it isn't agriculturally correct at all. The, the calf isn't going to run through the field moments after being born. Right. But it's that type of television that has made cowboy cool again so like mm -hmm. we're seeing celebrities wear cowboy hats i just tweeted at rick ross the other day the rapper bought <laughs> a cow it's like people are kind of starting to see that this mentality is really cool kanye west buys a ranch in the middle of wyoming like we're starting to see that people are interested in what we're doing and I think largely because there's been this revolution of, you know, you know, making cowboy cool again and showing people what it means. And whether that's through Yellowstone or that's through people going to a rodeo for the first time and experiencing it, we have such a unique opportunity to build upon that. And 
I would really hope that people in this industry will take a step back, get out of their, we've never done it that way. We're always very traditional mentality and see that we have a very unique opportunity on the table before us right now. And we have a very short window to run through it. And we need to step up, start educating. You know, Beyonce wore her hat backward the other day. Well, you know, <laughs> how, and people were, people were making fun of it and they were saying, oh, how dare she or whatever. Actually, let's use this as a time to say, actually, this is the right way to wear, right way to wear a hat. And this is what the cowboy hat means. And like, start educating people on this lifestyle because the last thing that we want to do or make cowboys judgmental and like mm. can't be a part of this lifestyle because you don't have the boots and the hat, right? That's the whole be yeah. cowboy commercial mentality. Yeah. And, and that's just the thing is I think the pride that everyone has in the Western way of life is almost a double-edged sword because we are so proud of what we, what we represent and what we do that sometimes we're a little more territorial than welcoming. So I think that's a great point. Absolutely. And, you know, as being in the digital spectrum, I am able to see how important the digital world is to this sport. And I think the more that these smaller rodeos and these smaller organizations really jump on that train to bring themselves into the 21st century. Like I said, you got to lose the whole, we've never done it that way. We can't do it this way mentality. Then we will be able to break a lot of barriers. In <laughs> Love it. Love wow. it. <laughs> um, but we will, we'll be able to, to do a lot more together. If we all, like you said, leave our pride at the door and want people to become part of this world. Yeah. So as people look at Morgan, they see this very accomplished um, woman who is doing all these cool things. But as you alluded to earlier, you put in a lot of work, whether that be working to become Miss Rodeo Wyoming, doing a good job at Miss Rodeo Wyoming, you know, starting in the sponsorship role, like doing all of these things. It, on paper, it looks like, oh, you know, she's just naturally successful, but there's a lot of work behind that. Um, what advice would you give someone who's looking to either a pursue a career in, you know, Western media and communications, or just generally someone who's trying to make or find the career path that fits them? I actually get asked this a lot. Like I'll get a lot of young women or, or even young men that will slide into my DMS and ask me like, <laughs> Hey, how do I have your job? Because it really does look like from the outside in, it looks very glamorous to be able to have this job. And, and what people don't understand is, you know, I work seven days a week and it doesn't stop. You know, if I'm not working nine to five on my computer at home, I'm either at an event, watching event, someone's texting me to get something out. And, you know, this for the longest time wasn't my only job. I had three jobs along with getting my master's degree. It's it, incredibly hard to get your foot into this industry if you didn't grow up in, and I don't want to say the right family, but to some level, if you're coming from the outside in uh, and you didn't grow up with a particular last name to get you your foot through the door, you got to work extra hard. And not only, you know, as a woman, because as a woman, you do have to work particularly extra hard because a lot of times my dad would always tell me, 
I couldn't get my foot through the door because they'd asked me how many times I'd been to the NFR and I hadn't been in the NFR. And obviously that apparently that didn't make me a good businessman. Well, mm. you know, that mentality is, and that's what I, I value about the PBR because they don't, that's, that means nothing to them, right? It's what you're able to do. And so for women, you, you know, if you're not an accomplished rodeo athlete, they think that you're not able to bring value to the organization. And I'm the first to tell people I'm not a barrel racer and I can't rope a pole standing still. You know, I, <laughs> I love horses. I ride horses and I love the industry, but like, I'm just not, that's not me. And I think that the, the hard work and the knowing what you want. And when people say hard work, I mean, really hard work. Like you're, you have to go out there and do it. And like I said, you sometimes have to do it for free or for little to no recognition because it might open up doors for you that you didn't know existed. And that's kind of what I was able to do. And, you know, I know everyone, Kim Kardashian came out the other day and said that everyone, people need to work harder <laughs> and people got so mad at her for that. But realistically, like, she's not wrong. Yeah, no, she, she just made a chaos storm on Twitter. It was hilarious. It was, it was awful. And it's funny because I see all of these viral things because yeah, the job, but you know, fundamentally what she was saying, <laughs> right. You know, people weren't willing Maybe to think the wrong her. mouthpiece, but, yeah, but still fundamentally sound. But she was right. Like people aren't willing to put in the work. They think, oh, if I do the nine to five and I'll get there, right? No, the hardest working, most successful people don't do the nine to five. They do the seven day a week, you know, yeah. and that's what's hard for us to get people to come work in my position or, or higher on my team was they realized, oh, it is going to be a lot. I'm going to travel a lot. I'm going to work weekends. And, and it is, it's, it's a lot, but it's very rewarding. Yeah. And you were told no by Miss Rodeo America. I mean, I'm sure there's been other, I, I, I don't yeah. say that in, in a, I, I that came out <laughs> no, not right. the way that I intended it to, but I mean, it's not like that everything was just fed to you. Um, how do you deal with no? How do you come back from a no? I think for girls who have gone through the Miss Radio America pageant, <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you, I had every intention of going in there and winning. Like that was, I wasn't into the in mentality of like, oh, I'll just go and do my best. No, I wanted to win. And like, I anyone who knew me knew that I was dead set on winning and I didn't. And like that to me, it was very hard to get over. And I attribute it to like a football player who has played football his entire life. And he goes to the high school state game. It's his last time to play football because he's not going to go play in college and they lose. And you're like, no, oh, I just spent my entire life learning how to play football. Yeah. I got to a stage and I just lost and yeah, it's not like there's a second go around it's not no. like you can come back next you season you and you play <laughs> it you replay it over in your mind a million times of like oh my god I wish when they asked me this question I wouldn't have said banana or whatever you know something stupid <laughs> that came out of your mouth yeah <laughs> you replay it over and over but to me that experience taught me failure and up until that point in my life I had been very successful at the things that I had done. I was a competitive target rifle shooter all through high school and in 4-H, and I was fairly successful at it. I rode horses. I was 
fairly successful at it. I had won every rodeo queen title that I had uh, tried out for that up until that point. And I didn't know what failure felt like. And if you don't know what failure feels like, you have to, because you have to be able to step back and realize like, oh, I worked the hardest. Cause I could, I can look at myself in the mirror and say, I worked hard for Miss Radio America. There's nothing more I could have done. I left everything at the door. I did absolutely everything and I still didn't win. And to me, if you can't, if you don't have that experience in your life, you don't understand what it's going to mean when you do accomplish something. So when I walked into Miss Radio America and said, hey, hire me, this is what I want to do. And they said, no, we don't think so. I, I was disappointed, but it just made me realize like, unlike running for Miss Radio America, I've got more chances. So let me prove to you what I can do. And that's everyone. It, unless you're running for Miss Radio America, it's like a dead end <laughs> cult. Um, you have to like this very niche group of like, take this advice. Don't take this advice. Well, and to me, a no it is a no, but it's also a not yet because mm. the door isn't slammed shut in your face, right? Like, okay, you pitched something. They said, no, how do you pitch it better? Right? Like, how do you come yeah. back and say, well, I can do that, the X, Y, and Z. And in, for, in my case, it was, I can do X, Y, and Z for free. And, you know, maybe if you see value, then we can talk about it down the road. But I think so many people are worried about failure. And like, I can tell you so many times where I, in my life where I've had failure, but none was more traumatic than that one. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> no, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. Everything will be no, great. It's You'll fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. We're all going to be fine. No, it's fine. Don't run for Miss Radio Nebraska. You'll get there. You'll get to Miss Radio America. It'll be fine. It's all, it's all little baby stepping stones. Yeah. So, it was good. worth it. Worth it. Yes. In the moment you think your life is ending, and, and I have had this conversation with a lot of girls because now that I'm in the role that I'm in, I get yeah. to see it from the backside. And I think a lot of people think it's glamorous. That a lot of people are like, oh, she didn't win. So she's just going to go live her life. She's going to go get a job. Or no, like, that's not it at all. Like I went through yeah. some very hard times and the worst part was I felt like I was alone and it wasn't for about a year later where I talked to one of my good friends who was radio queening with me. And she's like, Oh no, I've been exactly where you are. And yeah. all of us were in a different way. Some of us hurried and got married. Some of us had jobs waiting or school waiting. Some of us had literally nothing to go back to. And that was, difficult but knowing that you're not alone and that you have the ability all of the things that you've learned like because you think mm -hmm. it's like oh i just wasted five plus years of my <laughs> life and there's some of these girls that have been rodeo queens since they were you know 10 yeah. and so they're like oh my god i just wasted 12 years of my life no you didn't like look at all that's of not how this works <laughs> like look at all of the things that you built and the woman that you become the woman that I was before being a rodeo queen and the woman I am today drastically different I could not have sat down and talked to you today I would have been terrified like I couldn't had conversations with you know people that I respected I would have been terrified and yeah. I think that the the things that you pick up through being a rodeo queen are huge and I would Definitely. recommend it to anyone <laughs> so uh 
we've talked through the stepping stones. As you kind of look ahead, what are some goals that you have for yourself? Broadly, I, that was very broad. It can be it can be the next year. It can be the next 30. I don't know. Whatever you feel fits. Yeah. So I, after I graduate with my MBA, I assume in the next couple of years, I, I always get people saying like, oh, why don't you just go out on your own? Or like, why don't you, you know, do you start your own business or or whatever. And I've thought about it. I think right now I'm just so invested in what I'm doing with the PBR. And I really enjoy that job security paycheck coming yeah. you know, a few weeks kind of deal. Doesn't but, hurt. But um, I really, I think in the future, at some point I will go off on my own. And, you know, I, I'm lucky to be asked uh, the amount of people that come to me and ask, Hey, could I, could you, I get you to do my social media or could you run my mm -hmm. account or, um, the PBR has given me a lot of credibility in, in mm -hmm. doing it. And so I think that I would be able to go off on my own at some capacity. Um, but I'm more so, I, I don't see myself sticking in social media for the rest of my life. Um, yep. It is definitely something I enjoy doing now, but I'm learning strategic planning through my degree. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be able, I think, create more of a strategic marketing plan for rodeos is my hope and dream yeah. to, I, I really do want to start helping those smaller rodeos, you know, yeah. they are the backbone of our industry and I want them to be successful. So I think that's probably the goal in the future. Thank you so much for being willing to do this. This was awesome. And probably one of my favorite ones I've recorded thus far. So oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm glad I could bring Kim Kardashian and Rick oh. and <laughs> no, it was great. Once again, that was Morgan Wallace, Senior Director of Social Media for the PBR and Social Media Director for Miss Rodeo America. That's all for this week's episode of Breaking the Barrier. As a reminder, you can go back and listen to all of your favorite episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Breaking the Barrier is produced by the Rural Radio Network.